Hey, what's going on? I'm Jason Rockman, and welcome to the Rockman Power Hour, where we talk about all things pop culture, um, music, movies, you name it, we cover it, and uh, we try to talk to the most interesting people we can, and, and so far, it's been a pretty interesting ride. Um, but I could not be doing this without my friend Ryan Stick. Ryan, what is going on? How was your weekend? Last time we spoke, I think was um, ah, you've been you've been have you been, have you been lifting, man? Looking pretty. Big nah, right just uh, polishing my guns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but these guns don't kill. Well, they, know, yeah, Python. Watch. What is if if you're not if you're uh, if you're listening and you're not watching, Ryan's so just kissing his massive bicep. Massive um, it, biceps. I mean, it's your, it's your right hand, though. It's your right hand. So I'm wondering how you got that bicep. <laughs> and I'm thinking, eh. well, so, well, science and habit would point to my left, but okay, <laughs> let's do that then. <laughs> science and habit. Uh, so, so per, just first off, if you're listening, uh, we appreciate you. Please like and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you can uh, just hit that like button. Um, and subscribe and uh, be uh, a fan of the Rockman Power Hour. And that way you'll be alerted every time there's a new episode. Same thing happens on the streaming services and we're available everywhere you stream your podcasts. Um, so Ryan, this weekend, it was a, uh, a big weekend for lots of stuff. Um, yeah. There was a big, there was a, uh, a big game that happened. Oh yeah. The Super Bowl. That's yeah, the sports. The sports happened. Yeah, I love the sports. The sports. Yeah. The sport. I know you love the sports. Um, I do. But uh, Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett wrapped up last week. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it's it's really cool because are you caught like, are you caught up? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you? I am, and I'm not. I don't want to talk about any spoilers or anything. But how, no, how, of course not. Did you in, did you enjoy it? Uh, the book has a wonderful final chapter. Right. So you know, or is it a final chapter? You know, well, one this, of those things. <laughs> like like I thought, Return of the Jedi was the last Star Wars movie. Okay, so what do I know when I was a kid? Yeah. You know? No, I, I think the um the thing that everyone was kind of Look, I, I again, no spoilers. Don't want to give anything away, but the show takes a, a radical departure for its last three episodes. Was that safe to say? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. pretty. That's pretty pretty safe to say, right? It becomes. I was big... hope, I was trying to think of something more witty, but I'm like, no, that's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, all no. wordplay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I just think that the, the, it turns into a different show, and mm. thank God it does because it was just, you know, I and I'm not. Again, we we've touched on this before. I'm not someone who likes to take the piss out of stuff or, or, or bash it or anything. Cause I, I'm not that kind of, it's just not my sandbox, but mm. this show was, was really heading towards a dangerous place before um, the, the, the third to last episode. And I think it kind of got saved and uh, it, it ended pretty well. It's a bit of a mess. Okay. The show's a bit of a mess, but it's a star Wars mess. And it gives it's there's a lot of fan service and a lot of fun stuff in there. And if you if you grew up on Star Wars, um, I think there's stuff in there that's going to make everyone really happy. But the show is a mess. I mean, The Mandalorian was so well crafted mm. and had such a beginning, middle and end to the to, to the trajectory of the story and everything. And it just it went along at a great pace. And this show um, just doesn't do that. It just kind of it's like, I don't know, man, it's like. We're having tacos and like, no, now you're gonna have spaghetti. Oh, I love spaghetti. But what about <laughs> what, we were just having tacos? I don't worry about that. And um, you know, the next I, week, think there's, I think there's a lot of trouble where they're just talking about the tacos they're gonna have, yet they don't ever eat them. I think that yes, maybe that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And can he keep his fucking helmet on? Well, he's not a Mandalorian, though. He's just like, screw you guys and your and your like I space know, religion. But you know? it's just him standing around with it on the side, like. What mm. is what, what like what why 
I mean, I got you. Granted, it's like a judge. It's like a judge dread thing in a sense where, you know, yeah. how cool was dread? He never took off his helmet. But then when they cast Sylvester Stallone, they're like, we're not going to pay Sylvester Stallone this much money to get acting chops from his mouth. You know, right. we want I, it. We want it all. <laughs> I, and I, I agree. And, and that, that yeah. is, I'm telling you, there's part of me that wonders if he said, and he, he, I'm talking about the actor who plays Boba Fett. If he, in his contract said, I want to be seen more because mm -hmm. Pedro Pascal, I mean, people know who he is, but if you watch the Mandalorian, you've never seen Pedro Pascal before. You have no idea besides once, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and that's, what's so amazing about it. Yeah. And the fact that he's got his helmet off all the time, you know, it's just like, put it on, bro, put it back on. But again, it gets better. The show ends. I think I thought it ended. It was great. I was like, but I was glad it was over. I was like, okay, okay. I'm glad that's done. I'm right glad that's done. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'm going to be revisiting that anytime soon. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I think I liked it more than you did, but at the yeah. same time, my tolerance for terrible Star Wars is is pretty high. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I I'm like, I didn't spend 14.99 specifically to watch this, so it's not going to grab my gears nearly as much as some other experiences I've had. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like, like. And, and even it, like, it just goes to show now that even Disney plus at a, the series at its worst is still more enjoyable to me than the prequel trilogy. Yeah. So that, you know, cause I feel something I'm like, yeah, some of it's digital, but at least I, at least I care. But, uh, I gotta, I gotta say to all the haters who are just tuned it out. Maybe if you just want to go to those last three episodes, I don't know, like, but definitely check it out because there's some really rad stuff that, uh, is kind of pivotal information, if you will for what's coming next in other series. I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's funny, my son, Nathan, who we had on the show a while back, he, I think he just picked up the last three episodes. He didn't even bother watching. Um, okay. The first, the first four. And it, it was seven episodes. Isn't that weird? Seven episodes. Mm. Yeah. Like, that was a little strange. Yeah. Like seven, not eight, not 10, seven. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. It, it was what it is. And I, I like the fact I learned a lot more about Sam people. Like that was pretty cool. That was great. I agree. Yeah. That was great. That part was great. Um, mm. There were some great moments, but just dude, keep your helmet on more. I don't know. It's just Boba Fett was cooler in the four minutes or whatever he was in the movies, you know, the original movies, the four minutes, if he, he even was that or five minutes, mm. uh, then he wasn't this whole series by himself. So I don't know. Anyways. I guess so. I don't want to bash it. I mean, listen, I, I got a, I have a Boba Fett tattoo. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a big Boba Fett fan. I'm See, not, I did not, I never bled for Boba Fett. So yeah, I'm I bled for Boba. Go, go for yeah. Take the floor. Be angry if you want to. <laughs> I'm not angry. My, I'm not angry. And my <laughs> skin does not itch while watching this show. So it's all good. Anyways, yeah. the other show I want to talk about that I've really been loving is Peacemaker. And oh yeah, I have been taking this in. <laughs> a little bit at a time, not literally, but actually when you talk about that show, it's, I'm, I'm setting myself up for a <laughs> yeah, you that. That's right. Peacemaker. So little at a time, um, because I've been not, I'm tr trying not to cheat on it. My son, cause we're watching it together. And, uh, and, and now it's become Julia's watching it with us too. So the three of us are watching it. Julia's my wife. So the three of us are watching it together. So it's, I don't know if anybody's cheating on anybody. Um, I'm really, but I'm episode two. And I'm loving it. You're only on episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm behind. I'm way behind. Oh wow, you are, you are dedicated to the marriage of the watching you have with your wife because that is nuts. If you only seen episode two, yeah, I, I am jealous in a way 
because in some sort of universe, I too decided to take my time and then I get to experience all that yeah. for the first time. So uh, good for you, <laughs> because for the last few weeks, it's been my absolute happy place. It's it's great to see uh, James going like a uh, brainchild like that, filing on firing on all cylinders and being as accepted by the masses uh, like, you know, he's a former trauma kid. Yeah. So he his sense of humor is like, you it's- know phenomenal it's out there (laughs) yeah and i though i love the suicide squad movie it didn't exactly financially do well but everyone i talked to really likes it oh my god the last suicide squad squad movie was phenomenal it was so good i loved it yeah Yeah. there's i think it just came out at a weird time maybe yeah you know but i think it was Mm. great and i think it's one that's going to be remembered and rewatched and become a cult classic i mean it's it's great for sure uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more Peacemaker. That is for sure. It is, uh, it's, 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 it's awesome. Uh, and lastly, I saw a movie mm. this morning. Okay. I can't say what movie I saw this morning, but I saw a movie this morning and, uh, I, I, listen, um, you know, it's, <laughs> I saw a movie this morning and the good news is we are going to be chatting with some people from that movie on the show. So that's well, it. that's, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to, I mean, people are just going to go batshit crazy. I see. <laughs> well, it's All nice right. to know. It's nice to know that we have some episodes recorded, but we're going to have some more in the old utility belt. That That is right. Mm. Now let's get back to the cave and uh, talk about this week's episode. Who do we have on this week's episode, Ryan? We've got three days grace. We now, do. Are, are you a three days grace fan? Um, you know what? I have a lot of respect for what they do. I've seen them uh, during like a three day sleepover at a friend's house after like my old band played a show. Shout out to a step Ely, by the way. Hi. Um, <laughs> three days. Grace was on TV almost every hour. Like yeah. I hate everything about you is like on there every hour. And it's just all the years, although I've like, you know, even if I haven't gone out of my way to say, I'm going to listen to three days. Grace today. Every tune they put out is a banger yes. and they know how to write songs. Like, that's one thing. If by the second chorus, I can remember and anticipate what's going to happen. It's not a form mm-hmm. of laziness. It's a form of like creating, creating an ear- earworm is not easy to do. And especially a song that you can remember again and again and again. And uh, I got to say, as far as Three Days Grace, it's not my like main style of music, but I can 100% say those guys know how to write. They and really that do. Is yeah, even more admirable to me than playing eight minute guitar solos. If you know how to write and you don't make a song that lasts forever, good yep. for you guys. That's- no, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I love Three Days Grace. I've seen them live. Uh, they deliver. They hold a record um, that is very impressive in rock and roll. They have the most number one hits at Billboard. Okay, the most okay. number one hits at Billboard over Van Halen. Now over Van Halen. So imagine that, and this is this little band from Canada, from Peterborough, and they've not, accru- just Van, not just Van Halen. I mean, but like there are people out there, there are pop bands that intentionally say we want as many number one singles yeah. as possible. That's why we exist. And the fact that a band that says, hey, we're going to be a band, but we are going to release singles. If they beat them, that's amazing. Well, that's it. And they beat that record. And I remember we chatted once and I said, where were you guys when you found out that you beat Van Halen for that record? And they said, we we're actually in Africa doing, um, doing, uh, charity work. And I was like, man, like, is there anything you guys don't do? That's cool. And that's nice. I mean, it's <laughs> such a Canadian answer, you know, like, oh, we were in a hotel room with like, you know, with like, uh, 
you know, partying and doing drugs and hookers. And no, we were in Africa doing re relief work. <laughs> they were doing Canadian Coke off of a polar bear, according to stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they weren't doing Canadian Coke. It was a wild day in the igloo that day. Isn't it funny how the whole world thinks like this perception of us and it's just like, or that we t have a certain accent. It's like New York has five distinct accents alone. That's one yeah. city in an entire country. We get pigeonholed for a lot of things in Canada, but I can tell you the one thing that we, that, that three days grace have been pigeonholed for is, is uh, being a very successful band. And uh, we're lucky to have two of the members of three days grace, uh, their lead singer, Matt and their drummer and key and chief songwriter of the band, Neil. So check it out. Our conversation with Neil and Matt from Three Days Grace. What's going on, man? Good to see you, both of you. How are you? I'm it's good. been a while. How are you, Jason? Good to see you. It is good. Um, Neil, the last time we chatted was through the standstills, and I still have your drums for Local H for the Kings of Quarantine project, which we're going to hopefully do. Well, hopefully we don't want to do it because we don't want to do another Kings of Quarantine song because we want people to keep touring. <laughs> well, but, but one way or another, this it should come out because it's a kill. It's going to be, it's a cool, uh, it's cool vibe. Uh, oh, we, it, we're going to finish it. It's just a matter of like, as soon as we went to go start finishing, everyone started touring again. So it was like, you know how that shit goes, but yeah. Um, very nice to talk to both of you today. Uh, you know, when I got the new song, um, I put it on and it's, it's kind of been the same thing with you guys for the last three records. I'd say I put it on after one listen, I could sing the chorus and that, that says a lot. So kudos again for fucking knocking it out of the park because you guys, you, I don't know if you guys have the formula down. Um, but you, but you have it down now. I mean, it is like, it is dialed in and that, that song kills. It absolutely kills. Yeah. Thanks, I think we, like, I think we gauge it sometimes by like, you know, like we know which ones are going to be the most infectious and like, uh, like the ones that stick in your head, you know, like that, that chorus always like, I'll, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to, to take a leak and I'll be like, holy shit, that song's still going from like. Hey, it'll be like three o'clock in the morning. I'm up for two, two minutes. So either like, you know, some of them are like that where it's like, Oh, okay. I think we're onto something. Oh, here. they're, they're, they're infectious, man. And, and, you know, just the line, uh, you know, what a time to be alive. I mean, it's so fitting for what's going on right now. Um, it, the, <laughs> the, last yeah. 20, the last 20 months have been utter shit. You know what? I mean, and this, this isn't like a COVID song or anything like that, but like, yeah. I think the, one of the reasons, like, it's cool to hear that like stuff gets infectious and, mm -hmm. and people, and it's like first listens. I believe in like, uh, it all comes down to honesty in the lyrics, right? Yeah. Like we spend so much time, like rewrite, like writing lyrics. There's probably, I mean, every version uh, of every song on the album has like 15 different versions of itself where we kind of on a lyric level and sit and go like, is this really like, believable is this real like yeah and so i think that's we've kind of held our over 20 years we've held ourselves true to like if if this isn't coming from a real place then we shouldn't then it's like then we get rid of it and and you know i, I played it last night on the show for the first time and um and again there's i always whenever i talk about you guys i always talk about songwriting craft because i really think that you take pride in the craft and that not a lot of i mean look every band wants to write the best songs they can but it just seems at this point, because you have the you guys have the track record now, 
it, the, you care about the craft. It's like you've honed in on the craft. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a professional athlete that, you know, there, there's, there's guys that are good. And then there's the Tom Brady's and you guys are like getting to like Tom Brady status with writing songs, <laughs> which is, and, and I mean, it. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm telling it like you guys have it dialed in. So, um, you know, outsider, this thing was a banger from, from front to back too. So it, it just kind of like, we're both even <laughs> you got, you guys both have that tattooed, right? Uh, Matt's got it on his sweatshirt right now. Yeah, I got it here. Where- you got to you yeah. got to get it into your skin. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's I mean, again, it comes back to just like uh I I feel like um rock and roll has always been about like honesty, even if it's yeah. like brutal and dirty, even yeah. if it's rough around the edges and it's not perfected and it's like sometimes it's even out of tune or the singer whatever. It's rock and roll is supposed to be dangerous. And like, we're, we will, we'll never like, we'll never stray from that. Um, in terms of like, sometimes it's better capturing a moment that's dangerous and not perfect, but it's, it captures a real emotion than trying to like polish everything. And I think that there's so much stuff in modern music, not just rock, but everything else, the bullshit of it being like over, like, you know, just over, like whether the singer sounds like he's uh, living and dying on the microphone or if he's like reading words off of a page. Yeah. I think like we're, we're, we're always, we're almost like borderline paranoid of that. Of like this needs to be real or else it, we can't, we can't put it out because we, that's our fucking brand, you know, is being yeah. real. And I, and I think the honesty and the conviction comes through uh, and, you know, Matt, the way you deliver, deliver on this song too. And, and what's great is I, I heard the song then I went back and watched the video um, and that, of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who loves video. I love the visual aspect that goes along with the audio. And, and there is a sense of urgency in that video. Um, it, 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 you know, you can tell that you, just, you look like you've just been caged up and you want to just fucking rip. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice to be able to perform again and like, you know, do, do what I've been doing for a long time. And it's been a while since I've been able to do it, you know, so to like when we're filming the video and, and do, having the new song out. It feels good again, you know. It feels yeah. new. Uh, um, like we toured for a long time, the, the last record, and uh, we didn't expect to have this much time off. And I think, like, you know, it, it makes you realize, like, uh, you know, a lot of things, and y- you start to appreciate things more. I think with with this time off, and uh, yeah, it's nice to be back out there and doing doing something with music. And, and this isn't a band that takes time off. I mean, you guys normally, it's like record no. tour cycle boom next cycle like it yeah. just keeps going so did the forced pause change anything for you guys in terms of a way you looked at things because i know for myself like it, it gave me a lot of perspective made me realize all right there's a lot of other things in my life that i could do besides this grind that i'm always in which is great and i love it yeah but but sometimes when you're forced to have a pause it's almost like it's almost like every the entire world was forced into like rehab where you had to like yeah. be locked away and you can't access the stuff you might want so you have to really reflect for sure yeah and it taught us a lot like just like you know like you you started doing things that you wouldn't normally do like i started building stuff and like doing stuff that i usually wouldn't do working on cars and like uh, i built a zip line in my backyard (laughs) the first the first the first when when the first lockdown came that summer, uh, my friend had his excavator out here, so we're like, "Hey, let's build a zip line over the pond." And then it started off with trees, and then it up ended up with light poles, and then it just went, it just like 
we just kept doing it and doing it. Now I got like pretty much, uh, I wouldn't call it the safest thing in the world, but yeah. it's definitely cool. <laughs> just Neil, as long as it doesn't end up in lawsuits, then you're good. <laughs> well, Neil's just, no, we, Neil, we Neil's just getting, shaking his head. I got a lawyer. I actually got a lawyer to draw up um, some documents that I had people sign before using it because it, it is, it, it's a light pole that's about 30 feet in the air. Uh, and yeah. it's a hundred is, I think it's a 170 foot zip line. So, I'm sorry, Matt, I'm listening to you. I'm just looking at Neil going, if you fucking crash, you motherfucker before this record comes I'm thinking out. About, I'm thinking about, I might wipe out on it just, and then I might lawyer up. I don't know. So, uh, have, so Neil, have you, have I can't you, tour. we need to get a drummer. I'll still collect, but I just can't be on the road. I can, I can sit on my boat. That's, that's the benefit of songwriting, right? Neil. That's a benefit of lawyering up. Um, Let me ask you, um, have you tried Matt's zipline? No, no, no. First of all, um, I will, um, but it's just, there's like 15 foot, you need to clear uh, like 15 feet of like brush. I don't know if he's, I think that you've, uh, you've like beefed it up a little bit or safened it up. I don't know. Well, we put some sand there. Now it's, now it's (laughs) like... But it's rained on it, so now it's like as solid as concrete. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, if you can't hold your own weight, it's gonna be a, a quick fall. Yeah, I can hold my own weight. I think um, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> so, uh, th- so this this summer, I, my brother lives in Vancouver, and I went to Whist- uh, I went to visit him, and we and we went to Whistler, and we did the Sasquatch which is the longest zip line in Canada. I've right? heard that thing is, I've heard that's insane. It, it, it really is. And the best yeah. part was my stepdad, who's like in his seventies went on it. And I mean, I've got video of him getting on this thing and he was shitting bricks. So yeah, that, that looks insane. I've heard that that the, so um, I'm looking at a, cause I need to get the fuck out of here as, <laughs> at some point. I'm looking at a, a Costa Rica, yeah, uh, Costa Rica vacation. And there's yeah. a crazy, zip line there that like yeah, takes them and they say but that it's like it, it's crazy but they say the sasquatch yeah, is, so is i want to try that i, I think listen yeah. the next time you cross canada um you have to you have to make time and try it i mean it's it's really something else and it's, it's probably a, been licensed and verified unlike matt's right like yeah. <laughs> listen it's still terrifying but matt i'm i'm coming to try your zip line i'm telling yeah, you dude. I'm, I'm down I, I don't you know at this point you know if i die the kids will find somebody else to take care of them <laughs> Even your baby mama will. <laughs> um, so listen, explosions is coming out May sixth. Um, you guys have done a pretty cool incentive with the pre-order. The first thousand uh, pre-orders get a signed copy from you guys. Uh, how important is it for you to do things like that for the fans? Um, to you know, to because it's very easy to just throw stuff out. But when you add that personal touch, when you add that sense of urgency for someone to want to grab it, um, is that something you guys come up with and, 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 and is important to you? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing uh, for us is, you know, we put, we, for example, so-called life, we put it out. It's something we've been working on. Just no one, no one was able to access it and hear it. Then we put it out to the world and we just like hope for the best. And then it, people just like receive it and they're so engaged and it's speaking on their life and we're putting into words what a lot of people are thinking and stuff. It's still for us, the most important part of doing what we do. So it's like to be at arm's length with our fans and being able to kind of communicate and social media allows us to do that now where we can just like, we can actually like kind of see how our fans feel and we can like throw out stuff and that. So 
we wouldn't be here without them. Um, yeah. So it's like, if we can, whatever we can do to kind of like keep that communication going. And like, if we can sign something and have it and someone like put it on their wall, like that's the coolest shit ever still. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think when you're, when you're in a position where you're able to do those kind of things for people and you have the respect for the fans, because I'm sure you guys deep down are fans too. And, and you have those moments when you freak out, you know, when you meet somebody and they do something like that for you. So I think when you have that responsibility and you look at it from, a, from a point of view where you have a responsibility and you enjoy that responsibility and you treat it with respect, it's just, it just, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Like we, some of the bands we like over the years, you know, in 2007, we opened for the stones in Saskatchewan. We did two shows with a day off in between. And like that to me was the biggest eye opener ever because they were the most humble. They like, you know, they knew that three days grace was opening for them. They like did their homework on some of the songs. They like watched the show on their like closed circuit television in the dressing room before they went on. Love it. And like on the day off, they had hosted a party and invited us. It's just like those guys, they're the stones and they're so humble. Yeah. You know? So we kind of like, we wear it on our sleeve that we're like, so humble and grateful that people have come along for the journey with us because it's been, you know, it's, almost, it's been almost two de- decades and like, you know, and we've had a lot of twists and turns to say the least. And like to have the fans along with us and like, we, we wouldn't be here without them. It's just super important to us. So when you get, um, you know, when, when Mick Jagger knocks on the door and says, do you guys want to come to a party? I mean, I'm, I know it doesn't go like that, but, but, but you, you got to fucking kind of be freaking out. It, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was yeah, you like, can't you can't like just roll that one off. It, you you had to. You cra- had to one have- of the craziest ones was in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, it was three days grace of breaking Benjamin co-headliner. This is yep. uh, going back a number of years, and um, we're backstage. We're about to go on stage, and I'm sitting there with a few guys with, you know, it's Jersey. So we've got some, uh, our labels there. They're from New York and our, our management and stuff. Yep. And then someone's like, is that the boss over there? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Like that's fucking Bruce Springsteen over there. Bruce had brought his son to a, you know, three days, grace breaking Benjamin concert, wow. no security, no nothing. Wow. Just like ended up backstage and we're like, okay, we're about to go on stage. We're like, okay, fucking no pressure, but Springsteen's watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> but moments like that, it's like, we, you know, it's just a reminder that we're like super, super grateful. Right. Did you, did you use that as an opportunity to, to freak Springsteen's son out a bit and like be extra, extra, extra cool with them, set him up with the merch package and the whole thing or no? No, 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 no. We just kicked into glory days for about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's a lie. Um, for you, Matt, um, you know, we're talking about cool experiences and stuff. Um, you know, you're, you're on this journey and you're, you're, the lead singer of this band and you're able, you know, lead singers have this kind of, they'll always have this power in terms of, you know, you, you are the, you are the first line of defense for the band. I mean, you're the first guy that everybody sees. You're usually the voice. You're what people identify with. Um, Tell me a bit of maybe, maybe a story or or something where you've been able to do that for somebody that's stuck in your head. Um, Well, yeah, like lately we've been jumping on uh, like TikTok uh, live streams and people are like doing like live streams and stuff and I'll jump on and like, just see like, Hey, and I'll jump in their, their live stream and talk to them for a bit. And yeah. it, like, uh, like they, they're super cool. And, and like you jump off and they're just freaking out. And it's like, <laughs> wait, like, and, and, and I, 
it's it's weird because I, I live out in the we all live out in the country in Canada. Right. So we we don't like you know you see people at the grocery store. You know everybody. Yeah, uh, of course. So you f- kind of forget like you know like oh wait uh, like I see I see like where they're coming from. If my, like you know if I jumped on and uh, you know somebody from Lincoln Park jumped in my live stream, I would be freaking freaking out, out and, right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I don't look at myself as that, you know, yeah. and I kind of forget that, that I am that kind of thing because we're out here in the country. <laughs> Zip lining. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's super humbling though. Like, yeah. You know, but it's nice to do it, things like that. You got, you got to give back like that. And I think it's important. Sure. It's um, and, and obviously in like live, live streams of people that are uh, like musicians and stuff working on their, their songs. And like, so there's so many super talented musicians on TikTok and, and like these platforms now mm-hmm. it's insane. Like you get to see it. Like there's, there's a lot of like talent out there. Um, speaking of talent and working with talent, Neil, you produce, um, you just finished working with uh, good friends of mine in the standstills. Uh, I, I absolutely love that band. What was it like working with them? And, and are, should people be excited about that record? Because I know I am excited. I've been trying to get them to send me stuff, and they're yeah. pretty, tight, they're pretty tight-lipped about everything. But what was that well, experience? I'll send like? it to you. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll go. I, I, you got to go around in me. I'll, I'll send All it right, to you. Good. Good. Um, after this call. <laughs> yeah. No. No. We. Um, yeah. The Standstills album. They asked me to produce, and I'm. You know. I was like, okay. Well, let's let's go. And then. Uh, so yeah, they got a like a wicked record coming up. Um, Chuck Daly, who's a killer bass player, he plays with I Mother Earth, and oh, yeah. he was actually in a band called The Salads back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if who, 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 some people might know The Salads, they kicked up some dust in Canada. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so he played bass on it, and I think he might be playing some bass for their touring. But yeah, we made a record that's just like uh <laughs> super fun and super heavy and yeah. um i i'm i'm partners with uh howard benson who's who produced yeah. the last three days grace and yeah so i mean i mean he was like he did like my chemical romance all, you know he did like back in the day like dude he did the zebra like, records he did the zebra yeah. records. <laughs> and so he uh i'm i'm lucky to work with him and but um and like but he you know he's our he's three days grace producer so we've yeah. just been like in the weeds making songs working on stuff and it's been like um three days grace has been like just actually we're still i don't know if we're supposed to say this but the record's not finished yet we're still i was just gonna say i was just gonna say (laughs) i was just gonna say are you guys kind of like you know all right well this is the target date we got this yeah yeah. mixing stage right now we are we're getting mixes back but like we've got half the mixes so we about half half more of the mixes back so we're yeah, we're done. We're Matt's done fucking writing. Matt's Matt's pulling it together. I call bullshit. Neil's like, well, still got fucking ten more songs to write. No. There's a thing. Yeah, not right, not right. No, <laughs> we're still just kidding. But the notion of like having a single out to the world with so-called life, yeah, and we're still like working. It's kind of the way. It's kind of how music business is now, where you yeah. don't need to like. It's changed a lot. Where it's oh, not sure, about man. like twelve songs no. and then no. here you go and da 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 da. It's like. If the song's hot and burning a hole in your pocket, put that yeah. shit out. You know, so that, that's yeah. kind of what we did with so-called life. And we figured like the record's coming out May 6th. That's yeah. like a deadline that we need to meet. Yeah. So we need to like kind of get everything together by then. And I don't know. We're we're a band, Three Days Grace has always been a band that works really well under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like if but if we don't have a deadline, it's like we kind of 
get like lackadaisy. But as soon as there's a deadline, it's like everyone just like shows up to the party and like, and the pressure, even with live shows, you know, it's like we had, you know, last minute we flew to, um, to New York because we had this iHeart show that just came about and there's boom, boom. And that was like one of our best like live shows ever just because of that pressure or something. That's weird. No, I think, and I think when you've been doing it, as long as you guys have been doing it, you know, you, it's a well-oiled rock and roll machine, but you do need hard outs and you do need deadlines. So um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure it's going to work out great. And I'm, and I, I still think there's probably a couple of songs that aren't written, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to push the issue. <laughs> um, you just say, well, you're, are you looking to get on in on the songwriting here? Or what's no, 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 I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just a mouthpiece. Um, <laughs> tell me a bit about briefly about John Volpine. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The guy who directed the video because the video is really good. Um, yeah. And then when I, when I look back on him, like I saw he did a couple of horror shorts and stuff. Um, but how did you guys get in touch with him? And w- was this a relationship that was it the first time working together? Have you worked with him before? No, this is the first, first time um, management brought him up and uh, we liked the concept of the video and like the, the visuals he had for oh, us. It's, yeah, it's good. And like, like it was such a pro team that he brought in to like every was, everyone was just so professional and, and it was just such a, like, I've never been in a video like, yeah, sometimes people like, all right, that was a good take. Yeah, whatever. But like the whole crew was like, ah, that was great. It felt like it was a concert after you finished your performance. Well, I, I was going to say like, you know, the video, the performances in the video are really good. And it's not just, it doesn't seem like you guys are just going through. I mean, it seems like you guys were happy to be performing. What you're seeing, it was just because we were oxygen deprived. <laughs> there was no oxygen in that place. Right it now, seems like Neil's no experience. Windows. Neil's experience Dude, was, did, was did you feel, I felt fucking dizzy and sweaty the entire time. Well, I, I, I was you. the first of the day, so most of my performances was at, was at the first of the day. So, right. so I didn't so have all, sucked up all the o- he sucked all the oxygen up. There wasn't any left for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you guys had very different experiences on this video shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah, and, and Neil went uh, a few or uh, after me, so I, I'm sure I sweated up the place pretty good. Right, I was, sweat, I was sweating like a hooker in church. uh listen um i i I, before we go because i know you guys have other people to chat with but um there's there's a tour that's booked and um you know it it seems like it's at a good place i think the first date's in april right yeah godsmack yeah we have a we have some shows with godsmack and then we have some shows with black veil brides and that's the stuff in like april and then our record comes out may 6th and um and then yeah we're looking at a, a bunch of stuff that's not uh you know, announced yet, but there's a yeah. ton of Canadian stuff. We actually have some really exciting Ontario and Quebec dates uh, oh. that are like in the books, just not announced. And okay. they're like, you know, it's nice when we can play a show and sleep in, sleep in our own beds. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's the best. That's the absolute best. That's the dream, right? That's yeah. the dream. If you could do, if you could do the stadium and then go home, I mean, everyone would still like, want to like, do it. Like Metallica. Metallica yeah. probably sleep in their own beds every night. I think Metallica sleep in their own That's a private jet. That that entails a private jet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, we're talking, I'm talking Ontario, Quebec, where we can drive home and right, like yeah. sleep in our own beds. It'll still be five in the morning by the time we get there. But, but it'll still be nice. Um, yeah. Is there any trepidations about, um, about the touring coming up? Like I know, you know, a lot of people are still kind of, I don't know if it's shell shock from the last bit of time, but does it still feel like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop or do you feel like confident? Like, okay, we're going to be good in April. 
Um, we're, we, we're kind of in the, you know, in the mindset of just like taking it as it comes when yeah. one day at a time, of course. um, we got super fortunate because we had toured so much like 2018, 2019, we went all the, like we did laps around the world. We went to yeah, Russia. Yeah. You were ready for, you were ready for a break. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and we had planned on a break. So, yeah. you know, the outsider tour took us like we, we went everywhere, you know, yeah. and on a global level. And then we were just like, it, we were like, had already planned. Okay, guys, 2020, we're taking it off. Okay. We're just going to like chill out. We're going to write some songs and then COVID happened. So we felt yeah. like we were kind of fortunate that the timing was good there. And then we, we kept working and then we, you know, and then 2021 and here we are now. So, um, that plus, um, Barry, our guitar player, he moved to Southern Indiana and, okay. um, we already had a jump start on how we were going to like collaborate remotely in that respect as well. So, so you were, you guys so were set up to jump on things a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You guys weren't the poor fuckers that put out their album on March 14th. <laughs> No. Yeah, we got lucky there, man. Yeah, yeah, we just and then we just kind of and then like we didn't want to get too recklessly optimistic about booking shit early and because like we kind of three days grace we've over the years we've and knocking on wood we we pride ourselves on like never canceling a show like right. we'll fucking be there yeah yeah uh, well uh, and I think that will continue as long as you get that guy to stay off the goddamn zip line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can rock without legs, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to knock again on fucking wood. <laughs> I'm knocking on it for you. Uh, Neil, yeah, Matt, guys, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Uh, it's always fun to chat with you. And um, and kudos on the new song. I can't wait to hear more of the record. And, and you know, just just keep doing what you're doing because you guys are good. You're, you're, you're an easy band to root for from the sidelines because you're just nice. You're nice guys. And it, it makes well, it, we easy. appreciate it. Like we never take that shit for granted. And, uh, you know, it's the support, like I said earlier, it's been like so many twists and turns along the way. And we believe that like life is about chapters and this band yeah. is about chapters. And it's like to see everyone kind of follow us along and support us along the way. It means a fuck of a lot. I'm uh, I'm excited for the record and thanks for taking the time. And Matt DM me the address. I'm, I'm on my way. I've got my own harness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks guys. Thank you. No, Jason, that's amazing. I always find it cool when the drummer is kind of the leader of the band. It always makes yeah. me think of like Lars Ulrich and uh, or more importantly, uh, Neil Peart when it came to writing lyrics. Yeah, because, uh, you know, like when you're the writer in the band, essentially, if you know anything about royalties, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. what I, 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 I agree. I kind of think it's really cool when the main creative force is and this is nothing to take away from anybody else in the band because that, I, I i really feel that everybody in that band does their part but when your main creative force is the drummer it's kind of cool because everything starts with the drums when you come to recording the drums lay down the foundation the drums lay down the way the song is going to go and rhythmically um you know the time of the song is all usually it comes from the drummer so i think it makes sense when the drummer is is the uh, is the heartbeat but neil is a really talented guy and as we touched uh, on in the interview uh, in our chat he he's a he's a real um he's a songwriter he's producing he's working with howard benson who's one of the best producers in in modern rock he's just he's another powerhouse that's just worked on some incredible records so i'm happy for him man and just as you see and as you heard they're just great guys the two of them are great guys and they defeated the odds of losing a front man while being a successful band you're a successful band you're a chart topping band so your formula is important 
You know, you're not a band. You're not necessarily a, a band that people are going to follow no matter what. Although they do have those kind of fans. You're a band that uh, that gains traction every time you put out music because your songs are hits. So you get a new crowd all the time. So changing pieces in the formula can be very dangerous. But it just shows you how important Neil is to that band because they changed singers. They got Matt and they didn't miss a fucking beat. They just mm. kept going and they kept and, and they they never waned in popularity. And that to me was kind of like, that's cool, man. You know, your singer bails, kind of leaves you guys high and dry, and you get another guy, and you're just like, Oh yeah, we're good. Oh, especially <laughs> and, in one that's like related to the inner circle. Like that's pretty cool. That's it, exactly. And he he mm. had, you know, there 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 were some in, you know, there there were connections there already. I think they could trust Matt, but Matt is a phenomenal singer. And a great mm -hmm. guy. And he's just, and you know, when he's talking about his, his, his zip line that he built at his house, I mean, come on, man. It's just, they're, they're fun guys. They're fun guys. So that was a really, really fun chat. And, um, I, uh, the one thing, again, I didn't want to bring up the singer because I've seen that happen in interviews where other people are just like completely disregarding Matt, you know, mm -hmm. and Matt is not someone to be disregarded. He's a great front man, great singer and, uh, and all around great guy. So. I'm, I, I'm, I like when the underdogs win and when you see somebody who like, it, like same thing with Allison Chains, you know, Allison Chains loses their singer. People are like, oh man, they're never going to be able to come back. They get Willem, uh, William and I don't know if it's William or William. Anyways, they get Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Duval and, uh, they're just as good as they were. And that's because Jerry's a great songwriter. Jerry Cantrell was one it, is the heartbeat of that band. It wasn't necessarily Lane, and I know a lot of people are going to say this and that, but the proof is in the pudding. The band continued, and they um, and they're still a phenomenal band that again didn't miss much of a beat. So yeah, you know the thing about Matt, he kind of reminds me of just like one of those awesome people that if you ran into at a at Fafoons or something, or just uh, Fafoons for everybody out there that aren't Montrealers. Fafoon Electric, yes, yeah, it's a really cool bar downtown that a lot of people would go to after playing somewhere like the Metropolis, but um or the Metellus, I should say. But Matt just seems like one of those great guys that would, uh, you know, if you're freezing outside waiting for an autograph next to the bus, he would definitely come out and hang out with people and give them their experience. In fact, all the guys in the band seem like that, really seem connected to their audience, aren't aren't dismissive or jaded about their audience at all, and seems uh, they are aware that Three Days Grace fans are why the band has thrived all these years. And uh, it's really nice to see that when people don't, let success turn them into absolute pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not yeah. the case at all with those guys. Though. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a great chat. I'm really, really glad uh, we, uh, we got a chance to talk with them. Um, I just want to let people know also that uh, the new record is coming out May 6th. So we got to talk to them a little bit ahead of the record. Uh, the new song, so-called life really good. The album uh, explosions May 6th available everywhere. You can do some pre-orders on their website and uh, if you want to buy physical and um, and they're going to be touring. So this is a great time to be a, a three days grace fan. And I'm really, really glad we got a chance to talk to them today. Uh, Ryan, next week on the show, mm -hmm. heavy metal legends, heavy we have metal. A few, we have a few of those, but this is the first heavy metal legend from Montreal that, uh, you know, one of the big four, a member of the big four would say to themselves, you know what? If I quit the biggest band in the world, I want to play with these guys. Yeah. So there's a hint for you. If you're, if you're mm -hmm. listening, and you're wondering who we have on the show and they put out a, an album last week. So that's all we're going to say, but, uh, do want to take a minute to thank you, Ryan, for uh, being on the journey with us. It's uh, always a fun pleasure to have you, um, here 
and uh, to have you alongside and uh, taking care of all the, not only the technical aspects, but um, the banter that we get to have together, which is always fun. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Julia Kajerski, and all of you for uh, being here every week and keeping us company. Please like and subscribe and uh, come back. Make sure you tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast, because we for sure are uh, really, really enjoying doing it for all of you. Um, and we'll see you next week on the Rockman Power Hour.